Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another great episode of Days and Infuse. I'm Latham Woodward, your host as always. Tonight, we're really happy to have someone from the Midwest of our great country, Lisa Hurwitz, president of Happy um, Beverage, a Michigan's first infused beverage. Lisa, welcome to the show. Latham, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. Excited well, to thank you. Today. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Um, and I, I really like hearing about what's going on around the country and um, what's happening in, in the beverage space. So before we get to that, let's just ask what I ask all my guests, what's your historical relationship to cannabis? Where, how'd you come to cannabis? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I love telling this story because I feel like in particular, maybe it'll resonate with some of your listeners. Women often come up to me and ask me, um, it has to do with sleep. So I actually was not someone who smoked weed growing up. I drank a lot of beer in high school and college. I grew up in Washington, D.C. It just wasn't a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually, I got into cannabis in my early 40s, which is pretty late for most people. Um, And the way it came to me was I was a mom of two young boys, had a corporate career in consumer packaged goods, traveling all the time, could never sleep. And I took Ambien. And eventually it Yeah, I know. Boo, right? The whole pharmaceutical thing. And eventually it caught up to me and I started to get pretty sick. And my doctor said, you you really got to get off Ambien. I'd been on it for 10 years, um, couldn't sleep without it. And one summer in Michigan, a friend said, hey, what, you know, why don't you try this vape pen? I said, I, I really don't like weed. I don't think it's my thing. I was about 40 at the time. And sure enough, I slept through the night, forgot to take Ambien that night. Next night, forgot to take Ambien that night, right? So suddenly I threw myself into what was a medical market in Illinois at the time, researched you know, the hell out of cannabis and said, if this is something that could be for me, it could be for anybody, right? And so I have been a convert, haven't taken an Ambien in many years and um, I got into cannabis through sleep. So that's really my kind of passion point around the cannabis space. That is a great answer. It's also more common than you'd, you'd think, or maybe you do know at this point, obviously you were the, the head of grassroots cannabis, a multi-state operator for a while. And uh, the sleep thing is big for so many people. And it's a great entree for people who have not tried cannabis in their daily, um, especially for people who are on Ambien. And Ambien is a hideous drug, as you know yourself. It is. It is. And it's it's amazing to me. The minute I got off of it and realized, you know, and I have, I have every story in the book about going in and a bud tender gave me an RSO, a heavy indica RSO. And, you know, here I am like barely having ever smoked weed in my life and I couldn't get out of bed for two days. Right. So maybe right. not the brownie stories, Latham, you always hear, but I had my own RSO story. It was on a little cracker. I'll never forget uh, actually taking it. And, you know, the funny part is I think so many, you know, pharmaceuticals are approved, right? Their doctors prescribe them. So people think that for some reason that's okay. And cannabis, because you go into a dispensary, I assumed that I would be prescribed some dosage of cannabis, right? I mean, and that's sort of what my ingoing conception was. And again, this was a medical market in Illinois. This was many years before it went recreational. And once I realized that it was very, you know, it was, it was me doing the research um, or mm-hmm. speaking to the bud tenders, that really sort of changed my whole philosophy on the industry. And it's part of why I'm so passionate about, you know, working in cannabis is to help educate people about the power of it. And for me, it's less about alcohol sometimes and more about, you know, truly pharmaceuticals. So, yeah, I, I, the pharmaceutical thing is really funny to me, too, because there's so many outside influences that come into the whole decision pharmaceuticals number one it's financial okay big thing but yeah. we've also seen what happened with the opioid crisis and the 
I can't remember their name because they're such diabolical people in New York City. The Sacklers. Who are the, the Sacklers. The Sacklers. Yeah. And, yep. you know, and their lack of accountability and how they've escaped justice, basically, and, and how many people they have affected, not only in this country, but worldwide with their opioids and their addiction. So, yeah, I, I applaud you for getting off the Ambien. I personally have a terrible thing in my family when my stepfather got uh, Alzheimer's. He was prescribed a lot of Ambien and he threw his then wife down the stairs in a fit of insanity because he forgot because he was had Alzheimer's that he'd taken five doses of Ambien. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just a horrible story. Well, let's get to happier things now and talk about happy and yeah, happy, definitely happy. Um, good, I'm good segue there, huh? Yeah, yeah that was perfect. <laughs> so happy is spelled at H H A P P I. It's uh, uh, available at happy hour drink.com. Um, you're currently only in Michigan, I believe. Is that right? Yes, we are only in Michigan. Um, expanding to we're looking at the other Midwest States and the East coast uh, soon enough. But we began in Michigan, um, launched the beverage at the end of 2021. Michigan actually just approved beverages back in 2021, early 2021, and it is probably the most highly regulated infused beverage market in the country. So it's been a labor of love getting happy on the market, but we're the first. Um, we have the biggest market share, and it's been an exciting ride so far. So is it because they uh, worry about abuse of, of drinks, or what is it? Yeah, you know, there's interestingly enough, there's a pretty hefty shelf stability requirement, um, three months mm. of shelf stability testing, which doesn't exist in other markets. Um, so along with kind of microbial and the other typical testing, you see cannabis products go through shelf stability. The other piece is GMP certification of facilities manufacturing drinks, which I come from consumer packaging. So what I like about how Michigan is regulated, it is leading towards you know, what I think will end up being FDA regulation at some point for edibles and beverages. Um, and so just making sure the facilities, you know, are, are GMP certified and are, you know, using best practices. Uh, actually, that's a great standard to go with. I have a great friend who's in the global commodities business, and uh, we talk about that all the time. And those standards are very necessary to get uh, homogeneity throughout the marketplace. So I, I think it's a good thing to be shooting for these high standards. And I think my friend Bill would agree with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree too. And coming from packaged goods, right? I, I think more regulation around the legal cannabis market is important, especially around you know ingestibles, right? And I yeah. think, I think you know, Michigan's done a great job, I and mean, Michigan's just an explosive cannabis market too. So you know, when we first started, I don't think we realized. I think what is the third largest cannabis market in the U.S. right now? I mean, it's just it's just become a massive market. Um, and so there's a, there's a thirst for it up there for sure. Yeah, yeah, there there certainly is. Um, and you know, so while we've had to jump through a lot of hoops to get Happy approved, you know, I think for us too, now going into other markets, we've learned a tremendous amount. So we can bring all that knowledge from Michigan to other markets as well. That's good. Um, the Currently, your drinks are 2.5 milligrams per drink. You offer seven flavors, is that correct? We offer three. Um, three? Oh, three just flavors. three? Just three. Just three. We have three more coming in the pipeline before the end oh. of the year, um, but we have three right now. And we're actually, it's a great question if you want to chat with, you know, talk a little bit about um, sort of what's coming down the pike for Happy. So we've got Three right Absolutely. now, two and a half milligrams. Um, you know, one thing we've learned, Latham, that I think is interesting and is pretty applicable across the country right now is two and a half is a low dose. Um, and we've we've had a lot of requests for something a little bit higher dose. So we right. are looking at 
you know, it's important to, I believe in microdose. I think it's, you know, we, we created a sessionable beverage that you could have multiple in a sitting, but I don't think it's really important to meet the market where it is. And so we are planning um, very soon for a launch of a five milligram. And we also are looking at, um, you know, kind of more fun, the functional beverage space. So outside of cannabis altogether, you've seen this rise in functional beverages, right? CBD beverages, of course, but also sure, sure. beverages that, you know, for anxiety or sleep. And oddly enough, in the cannabis space, no one's really there yet. Um, that's a big piece of the edibles market. But so far in beverages, it's been largely, you know, a social drink and alcohol replacement. And so happy being very focused on wellness overall and on women as kind of a core consumer of the brand. We really, I mean, I gave you my background when we first started in sleep. We're really looking at other ways in which the beverage format can really be effective for cannabis consumers. So excited to launch some of these this summer. Yeah. The whole thing about sessionable is very, very good direction to go in because you like Cali sober is, is moving across the country right now. And I know for a fact that uh, beverage companies, cause I have a lot of friends who work for ABM Bev. I have friends who work in the wine industry. I am in the San Francisco Bay area. So right up here in the North and wine's big, but you're seeing month over month declines in alcohol consumption, especially among demographic skews from 21 to 30. It's going down and down and down. Um, replacement things are definitely a threat to the, the big alcohol. And I think they're feeling it. And you see companies like Paps Blue Ribbon coming in and doing their inroads. And you, there are other people out there starting to do things as well and take a dip their toe in the THC market, which is interesting. Any hope to do, I mean, I don't know what the requests are in Michigan, but obviously like for my own company, Shuggies, I make a heavy hitter version, which is a thousand milligram infused concentrate and a 500 milligram infused concentrate scoopable. You can put it in anything, you know, it's easy to use. Yeah. But do you have those rules and regs out there? Can you do infused concentrates in Michigan? You can do, yeah, you can do infused concentrates. Um, it's not regulated as a beverage. So that's why most of what had been on the market, beverage, you know, is regulated. It has to have a certain amount of water content to qualify as a beverage. It's not just a, yeah. you know, um, something that you can pour into a drink. We're also seeing, and, and part of the reason why we're really confident in going up a bit in dosage is we're also seeing people, they love the flavor of happy and they love the effect, but they want a little bump. So they will often pour, a bit of powder or something else into the drink. Um, and it's fascinating to me because I think there is a microdose consumer out there. Um, and you know, he and she, they're coming, but they're, they've been slower to enter the market than I think some of the beverage companies originally thought, uh, because and, and in California too, right. Most of the dosages of the beverages across the country are in that two to two and a half range. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think sessionable is great. Think about the experience of drinking a THC beverage versus an edible, right? I mean, I've always thought an edible in a social setting is a very odd scenario. You take it's, it, you, you yes, wait, it is. <laughs> right? You take it. There's nothing social about it. You take it and then you no. sit there and you wait for that effect to happen. So I, there's no doubt that the beverage category in the social space is going to grow. I think it's a question of how these doses are going to are going to play what what effects people are looking for um in terms of i'm really passionate and excited about 
seeing us, um, you know, formulate with some more minor cannabinoids, things that, you know, haven't been touched upon as much um, that I think are becoming more popular with edibles. But again, I think beverages have been conservative so far. It's been largely some formulation of THC and maybe CBD, um, but there's just so much opportunity out there that I think it's, it's exciting to see. Let me ask you a really kind of just academic question about um, financing, okay, and and the business climate with regard to the Safe Banking Act and the how I personally feel it's hamstrung not only dispensaries from doing um, yeah. adventurous things with their um, their stock, meaning they don't feel and you're from the CPG world, uh, consumer pro- um, products goods, um, they without access to financing, without access to factoring, without access to capital, dispensaries don't want to take a big risk. And certainly products like mine, products like drinks, products um, like certain outliers in the edible sphere, they have a hard time getting into dispensaries because dispensaries got to sell what they sell because they got to make their money because it's their money. They're not necessarily utilizing outside capital to finance things that are risky. So are you seeing that in Michigan too? And do you feel like with the hopeful adoption of the safe banking net that we're going to see something very, a dynamic shift in attitude, not only from the dispensary owner standpoint, but to the consumers? Yeah. And I, I, a hundred percent, I think the number one, I mean, I think we all believe this to be true, right? The number one issue right now, and I work for a multi-state operator, as you referenced earlier, which was sold to Cureleaf in the summer of 2020. So I'm a Cureleaf shareholder and spent time on their earnings call yesterday and, you know, very up to speed on it. And it's, it's difficult because it, you know, the, the, the MSOs also only want to manufacture what they know they can sell. Right. Right. Which also hamstrung strings expansion because in many States they're vertical and they control the state, right. They control the supply chain in the state. So they're controlling not only the retail side, but for brands like yours or mine, where you need a manufacturing partner, we're not going to own a license in every state. These smaller brands and you know niche players, they can't afford a license in every state to manufacture. So they need to partner. And in the states that are dominated by these bigger players, that partnership isn't happening right now because there isn't enough capital to go around. And these bigger players in these states, now Michigan, I'll come back to that in a second, it's a bit of a different market, but these bigger players in these states, like look at you know New Jersey or Illinois, or I mean, there are many states that are just dominated by the multi-state operators. They know flour is going to sell, they know vapes are going to sell, and they know gummies are going to sell, right? Because that's yeah. what has dominated the market. And that's what they're going to manufacture. And as a result, I think, you know, the other challenge with beverages is they take up a lot of space. They're cans, they're liquid, they're bigger. Not only do they take up space in manufacturing, but they take up vault space in dispensaries. They take up space on trucks for distribution. And so because they're such a small part of the market today, growing, but small, when push comes to shove and you have to figure out where you're going to deploy capital, they're going to deploy capital against flour all day long. And, right. and I think that's the biggest challenge that these smaller brands are up against. Now, I will say, Latham, just to answer your Michigan question real quick, more specifically, Michigan is actually not dominated by the multi-state operators. There are a few very large single state operators, but it gives it a bit of a different business climate in that it is a bit more entrepreneurial than I think some of the other states are. Um, You do see a pretty wide range of products, but Mm -hmm. I will tell you it's it's difficult because if if you don't have the velocity where you're you know selling through in the dispensaries pretty fast, 
they're likely to turn and say, great, we tried a beverage or we tried oh, your yeah. product, but we're going to return to vapes, flour, and gummies because that's we've, what- We've all heard it. We've all heard it. I'm tired of it. It's just like adoption rates, you know, are not very quick. I mean, uh, I, you know, you, you got to go back to a case study for like uh, Pringles potato chips. Potato chips right. in a can? What are you, crazy? No one wants a canned potato chip. Well, yeah. that took 10 years. And look, you know, Pringles, I mean, what kind of market share do they have now? It's incredible. So I'm very bullish on drinks, by the way. I, I support my friends like uh, Jamie Evans, uh, Urbussy, and Warren Bobrow with Klaus and, and so many of these other good beverages. It's like, for me, as someone who holds events and the house, and our House 420 brand, um, it's important as part of the specter, spectrum of cannabis. Because if you don't have the drinks and you don't have great edibles, you're, th this whole thing can't just be about smoking. It can't just be about vaping because that is not an industry. That's a, a thing. And there's a big difference. It's like the old Shark Tank thing, right? You've got a product, you don't have a company, right? Right. Right. These are, you have to have the full ecosphere to be a actual thing. And cannabis is not just about flower. God knows I love flower and I like vapes and I like all these other things, but it's, I'm not monotheistic, if that's an appropriate word to use here. You know, I like different stuff. I agree. And I think when you go back to those social occasions, right, it's not awesome to sit and smoke in most places socially no. anymore, right? And, and, and we just talked about the gummy experience. I think the other thing that's hard for beverages right now is it's a little awkward to go into a dispensary and buy beverage, right? Think about all the places you would buy a bottle of wine. You can go to a grocery store. You can get wine and beer, you know, and, and you know, any sort of cocktail at bars and restaurants. I mean, that's where ultimately I believe, I think we all believe cannabis beverages will be sold at some point. But right now it's also very restricted to the dispensary space. And a lot of the consumers that would be very interested in the beverage format just don't go to dispensaries because they think it's no. not for them. So it's a it's a very big challenge. I mean, I, I like you, I'm extremely bullish on it. I think to make an industry, as you mentioned, you really need a sweet and you need innovation and you need innovation to keep coming and driving the industry forward. If all you do is fall back on, flour because it sells and you're in, you know, limited supply markets, that's going to, that can last for a while until, you know, as more States come online and you're seeing that on the East coast, but eventually that model doesn't work anymore. Right. No. So, so let's take a quick break and I'm going to do a little live read here about the house 420 event series. We are having one currently in San Diego is coming up. That's for by and with the cannabis community. We aim our events solely at the dispensary crowd. That's if you're a buyer, bud tender, manager, owner, you're always invited to a house 420 event. Sign up today at www.househaus420. That's the German spelling.com. And uh, you'll be permanently placed on our RSVP list. We've had such celebrities as Bill Romanowski from the Niners and the Raiders at one of them recently. We had Tito Ortiz come and give a great speech about his round one product here in Venice. And we've had many, many great acts and uh, rappers at the event doing live music for you, dispensary worker. So do sign up at uh, www.haus420.com and come to see us at our next event. Um, where do you think... Lisa, the drinks category is going in late 2022 and 2023 and onward. I mean, we're both bullish on this. I do think there's expansion possibilities, but where, what, where are you going with your, your thought process? 
Yeah. So I, I think we're going to see more drinks come up higher in dosages. Um, I, I do. I think we're going to see more of them meet the market where they are. You're already starting to see that. Um, I also think you're going to see more and more. And I mean, I'll tell I already mentioned Happy's going to go there functional beverage kind of crossover. Um, and when I say that, I mean, if you look at the rest of the cannabis market and you look at edibles in particular, which obviously had explosive growth over the past few years during the pandemic, people use edibles to get a specific response, right? I have anxiety. I want to sleep. So I'm taking a gummy to go to bed tonight. I want to be productive today. I want to focus like those kinds of things. Um, and we haven't done much in the drink space, as I mentioned before, with specific effects. So I think you're going to see beverages that are more geared towards um, end outcomes. You know, I will tell you right now, we are very, we're formulating them as we speak. I think you're going to see a lot more interesting formulations with adaptogens. Um, you're going to see some crossover with, you know, things like adaptogenic mushrooms and, and things like that. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's an exciting time because we've literally just kind of touched the first um, inning in the beverage space. Yeah. And I think one of the big sellers uh, on honestly for beverages, especially things that have, I, are you nano? Or are you? Um, nano, distal? yeah. God, that's fantastic. Um, uh, my products are all converted over to nano now because of the predictability, repeatability, and fast onset. Mm -hmm. So you can predict where you're going, when you're going, and how it's going to be affecting you. Um, so in, in that respect, I think bars and restaurants and lounges, I think it's a unique opportunity for us, one state to step up and go, we're going to let this be sold because the big advantage is everything that you do and everything that I do says it's dosage on it. So if it's five milligrams, you as a bartender can go, yeah, I'm going to hand this guy or this gal four drinks. That's 20 milligrams or that's right. 10 milligrams. I know where they are, right? That's, that's a major thing in this business and, and use, using nano and have that predictable effect is key to this whole thing working. Distillate doesn't work anymore because you can't predict. We've all seen that thing. And this goes back to the brownie store where you are at a party and you know, your, your friend has eaten a brownie and then you're talking to that person. And all of a sudden you just see their eyes glaze over and they just go yes. they stop their <laughs> conversation and look off somewhere else. You're like, Oh, they just got zapped by the brownie. I can tell yeah, right now. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, with edibles, it's just much less um, predictable, right? I mean, we talked about right. this before. You don't know what that onset is going to look like. The other thing that's amazing and back to the question of why it's easier to, you know, manufacture flour is look at the testing. When you test flour, you put a label on it for whatever it tests at. A beverage, if we say this is going to have five milligrams, it's going to be consistent and have five milligrams every single time. And therefore right. it's much more predictable. But I think consumers lay them, they, they always hold on to that one really bad experience they had, that one bad trip, that one bad brownie they ate, yeah. that yeah. one bad gummy. You lost them. You lost them as a consumer. You lost them. And, and you lost them as an industry, right? You I did. Mean, you did. 100, 100%. You lost them as a consumer and the industry has lost them. So overdose products for someone, especially a new adopter, are a nightmare. Our nightmare. And, and I think the important thing about beverages, and you nailed it, is because of nano and the ability to be really consistent with your formulation over and over and over again, we just went through a whole formulation process, SOPs, I mean, building the brand happy to be as consistent as possible in every single state we go into. 
And the reason for that is because if you have an inconsistent product and somebody has one bad experience, they're, they're no longer your consumer. And that's how, that's how brands go down. I mean, you know, we could all look at brands in the cannabis space that have lost their way and, you know, are no longer kind of around. I mean, even I've been in the industry since 2018 and I routinely, and right now in California, given the climate out there, I'm seeing more and more brands say, I can't do this anymore. Right. I just, I, I can't do it anymore. And I think you have to have a consistent product has to be manufactured. Well, has to be the dosage and the experience you promised to the consumer. And I'm really proud of that in terms of what we've been building for happy. And I know people talk all the time about selling cannabis companies to CPG, right? Which makes me laugh a little bit because I'm not sure which CPG companies are buying huge cultivation operations across multiple States, but that aside, CPG companies are all about, they're all about scalability and repeatability. That's their business model. Consistency. Exactly. Cannabis has to, if you buy Tide in a grocery store, it's going to be the same formula of Tide that you use on your clothes every single time, right? If you buy that same orange bottle and that's what the CPG industry is built on. And I would say the same is needed in cannabis. If you're going to buy Happy, I would expect, and it will be consistent in every state we're in, in every can you open. And I think that's really important. So, Well, before we get to Stoney's story, let's just review your products for the people at home. Happy is uh, simple. It's organic, uh, organic fruit, vegan, and between 15 and 25 calories, right? Yes. And your flavor profiles are raspberry, honeysuckle, lemon, elderflower, and pomegranate um, hibiscus. All of these flavors are very desirable and people love them. So you've hit it out of the park with that. And you are coming out with a five milligram soon in the summer. So now we're, we're at that part of the show where we'd like to hear a Stony story. Everyone's got one. Let's hear it. All right. Stony story. So this is actually a funny, more recent Stony story. Um, my mother, who is 75 years old, uh, I was in, came to Michigan a few weeks ago. <laughs> And she said, I want to go to dispensaries with you. And I said, sounds great. Let's, let's go do it. So we hit three different dispensaries and in each one, she picked, she picked up a different product that she was excited to try. Um, Without my supervision uh, before dinner one night with my children and my husband present, she decided to try all three different products that she had picked up in the three different dispensaries all at the same time. And they were all gummies, but they were different, you know, one had CBN. It was more for sleep when, and, and I, I have no idea what she was thinking. Um, and about oh halfway, my goodness. Through, <laughs> halfway through the meals, you know, um, it, it was an interesting, it was an interesting conversation. So I love my I mom. She's such, an, she's such a, she's such a trooper and a good experimenter. Um, and then she keeps me up to date now on uh, how she's, you know, what she likes and what she does. And she's the best. Um, so adventurous. I like that. Good spirit for your mom. Adventurous. Yeah. I've got, I've got a mom like that too. She's 82 and she will try anything once at least, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't scouts. scare her. Right. I mean, I love that. Right? I think there's yeah. a lot of people that are afraid of it, especially in that older demographic, because it's not the weed that they were used to. Um, but it doesn't scare her and she was awesome. She went to multiple dispensaries and was right there with me. So I loved it. That's a great stony story. I like that. Um, well, tonight we've been very happy to have Lisa Hurwitz here, president of happy Michigan. And, uh, it's an incredible drink. You got a good looking package here and good flavor profiles. Um, 
I wish you nothing but the best here. And I'm super happy to hear another person's bullish on this category, as you have to be in your position. But I, I dig where you're coming from. And I, I hope that the next iterations are even better. And uh, you get further and further down this road. Thank you, Latham. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'd love to come out to Michigan sometime. Come see us. Um, this summer, we're doing the Happy Camper Tour, which is going to be a lot of fun, um, attending a lot of events throughout Michigan with our VW camper um, that is named the Happy Camper, of course. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, yeah, she's she's awesome, our, our little camper. Um, so yeah, find us at happyhourdrink.com or Happy Hour Drink uh, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And yeah. Um, definitely come support the brand women led and, and we're excited to be a, a part of the category. I love it. Well, Lisa, thank you again for being here. And that's happy beverage in Michigan available at dispensaries near you. Go to their site and you can find out where to buy until next time. This show, as always, is brought to you by Shuggies. S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S. Find us at Shuggies.com. Now with our 500 milligram and 1000 milligram infused concentrate. Well, Lisa, Happy times down there in Nicaragua. Thank you for joining us tonight. It's very nice of you to be here. And if you have anything to announce, please come back on the show. Thank you so much, Latham. I appreciate it. And um, it was a real joy. So thank okay. you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.